You are listening to Bicycle Retail Radio, brought to you by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. Welcome to another episode of Bicycle Retail Radio, produced by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. Specialty retailers are the heart of the cycling industry, and since 1946, the NBDA has existed to strengthen these businesses through education, research, communication, and advocacy. The NBDA is a nonprofit supported by the membership of participating retailers and industry partners. If you're not already a member, you can learn more and join at nbda.com. This is Chad Picard, NBDA board member, owner of Spoken Sport up in South Dakota, and I'm thrilled to chat with our guest today. Having spent some quality time in Bentonville, I am no stranger to the tremendous impact that quality trails have on a community. Today's guest is Gary Vernon, Walton Family Foundation Senior Program Officer supporting Stuart and Tom Walton's work, creating a world-class destination for mountain biking and all types of cycling in the state of Arkansas. Gary is an avid mountain biker and off-road motorcyclist and an expert in competition motorcycle trials. His passion for cycling spans nearly 50 years. Arkansas is an economically driven state and the investment from the Walton family into local trails and advocacy has created a biking destination. Listen and learn how you as a retailer can transform your community through trails, including the core elements to shape a destination, creating trail ambassadors, involving youth and new riders, and the lasting positive impacts of your hard work. Gary, welcome to Bicycle Retail Radio. Thanks for coming on the show. Chad, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's the holidays, and uh, I'm sure you guys are still out riding down in Bentonville. We are. Weather's not too bad. Good, good. I was down there actually uh, a year ago this week, actually, and and was riding, so I know what the Mm -hmm. conditions are like, and it was good. It was great. We claim to have 364 days of riding. (laughs) What happens on that other day? No, it gets icy one day a year, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And you you can put your studs on and be fine. Yeah, good. There's a ton I want to talk about. It's going to be hard keeping the, the time limits on this, but I know you're in, into cycling and motorcycles. Let's start with how you got started on two wheels. Well, you know, a, a kid growing up in, in the 70s, I watched On Any Sunday with my dad. Of course, I'm obsessed with mountain biking and then got in our motorcycling, but I got into BMX, you know, in the neighborhood, you know, building ramps yeah. with my buddies and all that. And we then we started racing about 1980. I started racing BMX and really raced all throughout till till 1985 when I got my first CR125 motocrosser and started my career at Walmart building bicycles so I could buy motorcycles. But no, I really enjoyed the whole BMX life and traveling around with different friends and families. And that just that culture of competition with the family atmosphere was great. We actually had a track in my hometown of Joplin that I helped okay. kind of build and maintain and, and with other friends. And it, it was really a special time in my life. Racing motorcycles, you know, in the mid 80s, my good friend in Joplin showed up on a Diamondback mountain bike in 1989. And I jumped on it. And man, what a perfect mix of my CR125 dirt bike and my old BMX. So I fell in love with mountain biking then and have been riding mountain bikes ever since. Awesome. And has BMX in that area, is it still growing? We've got a, a local track. And of course, we're really excited because USA BMX has built their facility just an hour and a half west of us in Tulsa. Their headquarters, USA BMX yeah. built their headquarters. So I think with that, uh, collaborating with Shane Fernandez and his team in Tulsa, BMX has really grown over the past decade with the Olympics and and all the work they're doing. It hasn't grown here as much because we have so much mountain biking, but we're we're definitely going to get behind BMX and and support it in a bigger way down the road. Yeah. And you certainly have some areas that with, is it rail yard that jump parks and stuff that'll certainly contribute to that? Well, the pump tracks, the Velo Solutions pump tracks we have around the region with the rail yard, which is a, a Velo Solutions paved you know, really dirt jump park. I mean, that's where the BMX kids are flocking to. As far as this the typical race venue, we have one down the road in a little community called Lowell. And we've got a good group of kids that race 30 or 40 on a weekend, but just not the numbers that ride the pump tracks or or ride, you know, mountain bikes. Yeah. So yeah, BMX was kind of the intro to it. So that's awesome. So eventually you've got involved with Walmart. You said you were building bikes, which is 
I think a lot of shop owners, that's where they started building bikes for somebody. Tell me a little about your involvement with Walmart and what that's turned into today. Well, I was working at a, a little part-time bike shop that was connected to our racetrack and learned the learned the art of bike mechanics there. And then I needed a steady job to, you know, to pay that motorcycle payment. So I uh, went to Walmart for a steady job. But I that started in, in 84 for Christmas, spanned into a 30-year career that took me around the four-state area, Kansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas. In 2003, I was in store operations till then. I had an opportunity to move to the home office, corporate office here in Bentonville, and I did. And I ended up as a director in the environmental division, you know, doing recycling programs and, and really a lot of interesting work when it came to make sure stores were meeting environmental regulations. And But really the fun stuff was recycling programs we were implementing. And it really was a great job. But along the way, I... I'd met a 23-year-old Tom Walton who had just come home from college and he had started building a mountain bike trail in Bentonville. And I'd heard a rumor that the city was building a mountain bike trail. And, uh, you know, I didn't think much of it until my son, who's 16 now, almost 17, he was probably 10 months old. We were driving into town from, from Bella Vista up north, driving into Bentonville. And I looked up and saw a trail being cut and I pulled over in the parking lot and jumped out with Grayson under my arm and hiked down the trail and ran into Tom. So that's how we met. But I became the president of the local volunteer club and doing projects and for Tom. And that turned into taking quite a bit of my time. And one morning, 2014, I looked down at my email list and most of my emails were that morning were sent out were bike projects instead of Walmart business. And I thought, well, I better I better figure this out. I can't do both jobs and and uh, stay employed. So I saw what's coming. You know, there's there's so much work to be done and things that Tom and Stuart, their vision, this great vision they had to build out this cycling community. They needed somebody working at the foundation that had some experience and could focus directly on it. So I, I wrote a job description and sat down with them and they liked the idea and they hired me. Awesome. And that was 2014, 2015. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where was that first trail being cut? Well, we went to the castle on our little ride, didn't we? Yep. That is considered phase one, that whole ridge top there. And that there was a trail that five miles was on that whole ridge line there, kind of the castle and on west. That was phase one of Slaughter Pen. And, and, you know, the name Slaughter Pen, we kind of forget that sounds like a, that's an odd name for a trail system, but that was, hundred years ago, that was a slaughterhouse uh, zone. There was a couple of different slaughterhouses there, and that was Slaughter Pen Valley. That's okay. where the term Slaughter Pen, if anybody, you know, wanted to know where in the world we came up with Slaughter Pen. But we don't even think about that being an odd name because it's just the name of the trail. Yeah, sure. Regional. You got involved, you know, were you thinking ahead 2022? This is going to blow up to be a mountain bike destination. What was that thought process like? Was it, let's start small and well, see where this goes or? I was a uh, just a you know normal kid growing up in a normal neighborhood and worked at Walmart that was on constraint with mission ahead. You only have so much budget, and so I didn't I didn't know how to think big, and so but Tom and Stuart together kind of the vision kept growing. You know, first it was just Tom wanted to build a trail because he fell in love with mountain bike and he wanted to get back to the community, and that first five miles was so successful that. It turned into 12, 17 miles. And once we got over 10 miles of trail, that's when you really kind of become a place where people will drive to to check it out and ride. And so all of a sudden we started seeing vehicles with license plates from out of state. And then we had the you know corporate headquarters of Walmart is in Bentonville. And, and heck, the recruiting team started talking about how they had mountain bike trails to try to recruit people to come and move to the town. And that was when it really kind of kind of lit a fuse and like, okay, this is something that's, you know, this, the city at first was a little bit concerned with the idea of a mountain bike trail in their park. Cause it's a city park. Mm-hmm. Trails are in city park over time. It, it just the success and the, and then the idea of building a trail system that connected to the square. And that was Tom's idea. And that was where kind of the magic formula to build that all American trail and make that all American trail a, a beginner trail, you know, a green beginner trail, but also add elements 
if you were advanced, you could still have fun on it, you know, having little little side rock hits yeah. where you could jump yeah. and roll, rollers that you could roll through or you could double them. That formula really became the magic potion to, to make Bentonville a, a destination. And when you build trails for all skill levels, and we, we build for the beginner, the intermediate, and then the expert pro, when you have that element of all skill levels, first of all, you'll be a destination, but we figured out that Man, we're seeing people in town become riders, families become riders because it was so accessible from their neighborhood. And then it, the intimidation factor was so low because that All-American Trail followed the Greenway where if you could just ride a little bit and then pop off, you know, you didn't have to like jump on a trail and get stuck on a four or five mile jaunt through yeah. the middle of nowhere. I mean, it, it, it's an introductory to mountain biking. And I think just for the listeners to kind of set the visual, you mentioned the the square in downtown, uh, which is, you know, they've got great restaurants, great shops, but you start looking around and you see, you start seeing these little scrappers on their striders. You see kids with their dirt jumpers. And then you see guys like you and I, full suspension bikes with shin pads, full face helmets or what have you. I always remember standing there thinking, where the heck are these people riding? And it's, just over there. Like it's just the square. Is it the trailhead for all Americans three blocks away from the square? I think. Yep. Yeah. And and you mentioned that you can just go kind of hop on and hop off. For me, the best thing in the world would be coffee, go ride, come back, lunch, go back, ride more, you know, hop off and do, you know, do you need a break? Hop off and uh, spend some time downtown or what have you. But it's almost, I don't know if I should even say this, but it's almost, it feels like a movie set. Like there's someone's like, okay, cue the downhillers. They got to go next, yep. you know, cue the the cute little kid on the strider with, with mom and dad. And, but the reality it's, is it's, they're there, they're riding. It just, it's funny. We are, we are so spoiled here now that, you know, we don't have to have bike racks and haul bikes hours away, unless we want to just go somewhere different. That whole vision, Tom, Tom had this vision early on. I remember out there, you know, we were all out there, you know, Tom, his brother were, out there working on the trail on those early five miles. This was not a family foundation just funding a trail system. It was it was the passion that Tom and Stuart had to go out there and actually build something and be you know hands on. Remember Tom talking about he wanted to turn this town of Bentonville into a, a town with a cycling culture and you know make it just like a, any of the Colorado destination towns. And and I just thought, well, he's you know he's a big dreamer, you know you know. But I, I was thrilled to have this five mile trail. But man, he he saw it. And but as the success of you know the seventeen miles, the twenty miles, as the success grew, so did the vision. So to say that he thought everything was going to happen like it is, like you see today, no, I don't think so. I think he had this big vision. You know, it kind of grew along the way, and that vision continues today to grow into other forms of outdoor recreation, which we can talk on later. But the formula that really has been successful is if you build something that is connected to neighborhoods, you know, like where you can after school or after work, go out and do a form of recreation, then you're going to get more people to do it. It's a pretty simple formula. So this whole idea of putting trails where families can roll out, you know, we talk about the driveway being your trailhead, you know, and, and so to be able to roll out on your bicycle with the kids or your wife or whatever, then you see your neighbors doing it. Well, heck, let's do that. Let's try it. So it's it's been this flywheel effect or snowball, whatever you want to say it. But when you see others that look like you riding a mountain bike, I'm like, hell, I'm going to try that. And it has been phenomenal. And during COVID, we really saw the bump and, and folks that you could tell they were out there for the first time. You know, cheaper bikes, no helmets with their family, just giving it a try. And we love that. And just to kind of give you a data point in our trail system in Bentonville, there's, if you look at Bentonville, just the main Bentonville proper, you know, we've got 35 miles of trail right in downtown area, maybe four, over 40 now. There were six trail counters in 2019 that, you know, placed on some paved trail and some soft surface trail. 2019, those counters triggered 862,000 times. In 2020, that next year, those same six trail counters measured 1.5 million. So everybody got out on our trails. Yeah. And 
And that's kind of held steady. You know, it's not like we had a bump and it dropped. People discovered us that weren't didn't live here. A lot of people moved here, you know, because all of a sudden that working remote uh, became a thing. I mean, I would weekly I get the story still that, hey, I, you know, we came here during COVID, fell in love with it. I work remote. So we moved here. Or in some cases, people just move here and say, we quit our job. We moved here and we found a job. It's just it's, it's really fun to hear. I've been there four times this year. So have you really? Yeah. In the last year, rather. And I'll, I'll hoping, yeah, next year will be two or three times at least. Yeah. So, so you've got this, the beautiful trails. I mean, we could go in depth on all the trails and, and all the, the facilities you guys have put in. We'll let other people cover that in YouTube videos where you can get a greater experience and, and some more visual. Well, let me just make one point. The, okay. What makes our trails different is the memorable moments, the focus on features. And we really found out that that hubs, like gathering areas with a little bit of uh, elevation. We don't have a whole lot of elevation right here in Bentonville. You have to go south where we're building more of our gravity trails. But in Bentonville, we have to add 20 or 30 feet with a session hub. That's where the castle comes in. And then we have special little moments like the masterpiece at the Crystal Bridges Museum, where it is a work of art to ride down this trail and jump and flow. And we have the ability to recruit these trail builders who are artists. We, we consider that art. And we allow them to come up with ideas to build these wonderful things. We're just not blazing a trail through the woods and you ride your bike on it. It is every inch of the trail is thought through and made special to where the, it's an experience. You mentioned the masterpiece. And, and I I don't know if you guys track how many pictures are tagged with, if you have a hashtag for that. But it's, I mean, I've been there four times in the last year. And every time there's been a picture at the masterpiece. It, it pays for the trail. The, the marketing dollars saved yeah. with this organic social media it pays for the trail. So prior to 2015, what was the cycling scene in Bentonville? Well, you know, this started in, in 2007. That's when the first okay. five miles were open. So back to you know, 2007, over, what yeah. was it like? Well, you know, when I moved here in 2003, in Bentonville, Bella Vista, there weren't a whole lot of folks that I knew of that were mountain bikers. Fayetteville had a little bit of a trail. And there was a mountain bike scene around the state. And we had five Imba epics eventually. You know, we had we had the Womble Trail. We had the Upper Buffalo, uh, Silamo, you know. And then later on, we had the Lovett Trail came on and so forth. But, you know, those were the typical trails that you had to be an enthusiast to throw your bike on a bike rack and drive a couple hours out in the middle of the National Forest and ride a pretty tough trail. You know, so that just limits the the amount of, of riders. And, you know, we had down in Fayetteville in 1997, the Ozark Off-Road Cyclist nonprofit group, you know, was formed. And those guys did a lot of work around Fayetteville, but it just, you know, was slow. And, and so really what I what I like to say is in, you know, 2006, when Tom came to the city and had this idea to open up Slaughter Pen, that's when kind of the rocket fuel was poured on Arkansas mountain biking. Slaughter Pen was born. And then from there, you know, Slaughter Pen grew. And then Bella Vista, Bella Vista, which is a little town north of Bentonville. It now, when you when you look at Bentonville with the Kohler Mountain Bike Preserve on the west side of Bentonville and how it connects into Bella Vista, there's 182 miles of trail that you can ride from the Bentonville Square. Now, Bella Vista, you know, is the biggest part of that with well over 100 miles of trail by yeah. itself, probably 130 now. But Bella Vista was a retirement village. You know, it had seven golf courses. It has seven lakes. And it was a place where you listen to Eric Estrada do his, you know, paid uh, promo about come to Bella Vista. And does he live there? Our, no, <laughs> he, he was he was a paid. You know, and our younger okay. audience will not know who Eric Estrada is, but sure. he was Chips, the old uh, series Chips. Yeah. But, but anyway, that was one of those you, you would come and you'd buy your lot and you'd build a house. And when you retired, you'd come to Bella Vista and play golf. Well, you know, golfing has been on the decline and, and so has Bella Vista as far as people moving there. But now it is a trail town. The younger families are moving there and have moved there. And it's totally changed the way that community uh, looks and feels. And it's exciting. And, you know, the older population, man, there's a lot of hikers that maybe not, but there's a lot of rotten bikers in there, mm-hmm. you know, 60s and 70s that have taken up the sport. But Bella Vista, you know, it was really everything that worked out in, in Northwest Arkansas, the terrain, 
is really ideal for mountain biking. And part of that is Bella Vista because all those homes that were built in Bella Vista are on top of ridges and there's ravines in between the neighborhoods that are unbuildable. There, there's waterfalls, there's bluffs, there's creek beds, and there's elevation that really makes interesting trails. And we love making trails below bluff lines, you know, and mm-hmm. with uh, just the scenery. There's a little sugar creek that winds its way through Bella Vista, which we have trails parallel in it. So, man, Bella Vista was just waiting for mountain bike trails. And what we like to say is a lot of those beautiful hidden parts of Bella Vista that you would have never seen, we now have access to with trail for hiking and biking. There's actually a retirement group that has a big hiking club in Bella Vista and there there's about 140 of them and I met with the board earlier this year to talk about do you you know do you want us to build some hiking only trails are you are you concerned with the bikers and so I asked them would you like to have some hiking only trails and they said why we we like talking to the bikers there are people from around the country and around the world we we like meeting them but what we found out though they like hiking on the more difficult trails that have slower speeds anyway you know, there's like the bluff trails. So we're going to build more of that, which will be a hiking trail, but also maybe a black diamond cross country trail, which will limit the amount of sure. bikes and the speed. So it actually works out. But our hikers are play well with our bikers, which is great. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So for those listening, if you haven't been to Bentonville, make plans to go. There's certainly there's conferences and stuff there. There's plenty of trail. It's just it's absolutely beautiful place. You can you can ride now from Bella Vista all the way to Fayetteville. On a- yeah, the, the Greenway, the Razorback Greenway is over 40 miles now from Bella Vista to the south end of Fayetteville, but it's well over 200 miles that connect to the other communities in the region. But, and we're sprinkling single track along the way. So, I mean, if, if you're a big rider and you, you know, 182 miles is not enough for you, you can ride down the Greenway and get more. So what you're saying is if you're going to come visit, stay for a couple of weeks to get all the riding in? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because you got to ride it both ways. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So you and I met this summer, Cycle of Influence Conference, and then uh, People for Bikes had their Shift 22 conference. And you took a group of industry leaders on a ride showing off the trails, the you know some of those memorable places like Masterpiece. And, and you talked about the construction of the trails, the you know some things you've learned, some mistakes you've made, and, and how you guys have been able to pivot and stuff like that. The thing that has burned into my brain ever since that tour was on the way back to the square went by on the it'd be the west side of downtown we went by an elementary school there were three or four bike racks and they were packed absolutely stacked with bikes it was maybe the most beautiful thing i've seen kids on bikes how does that happen i mean you talked a little bit about stuff for for all types of riders but how did those bike racks get filled it wasn't parent forcing their kid to ride a bike i'm guessing you know no but what we found, just like you probably noticed as on your four trips to Bentonville, if you go out to Slaughter Pen, you know, on a typical summer day or afternoon, it's full of kids, young kids, you know, under sometimes 10, 12 year olds riding around without an adult with them, you know, like the old days, like when you and I grew up where you could just go out and, and ride, you know, it's it, the community is feels safe, you know, letting their kids ride on the trail system without supervision and what the trails, there's so many purposeful connections to schools and to neighborhoods that, you know, you don't have to ride down the middle of a busy street to get to school. So that has lowered that intimidation factor for the kids and for the adults to let the kids ride their bike to school. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say we've got it all figured out because we still have a lot of work to do on protected bike lanes and more paved trails. You know, we've got a good trail network commuting and, and getting to school and, and a lot of it to get to getting to school now is single track which is pretty awesome but if you're on the far west side of town we are working diligently trying to put in tunnels under major roads and and more greenway to connect that west side to the east side to slaughter pen to the schools and you know tom again has put his flag in the ground and he wants to make bentonville the most bike friendly city in the u.s you know, going up against, you know, the Davis, California's and the, you know, Portland, Oregon's and all that with their on-street protected bike lines. So a lot of work to do there. But, you know, when Tom and Stuart focus on something, it's it's very exciting to watch. That would be dangerous for me as a kid having single track on the way to school. I, I would be, 
dirty <laughs> for starters and, and maybe late a few times. My son, you know, we live in Bella Vista, kind of in the center of Bella Vista. Okay. And my son can literally ride majority single track to school. I mean, when he went to junior high, he could actually ride to the front doorsteps of his junior high. He's in high school now, which is a little farther south, but the junior high has, and, and the grade schools have trails to their doorstep, single track. Super jealous. Yeah. Is he able to ride every day to school? If he wants to, he could. Now he doesn't. I mean, you know, he's busy with work and other things. You know, it's a good 12 mile one way trip. So it takes some uh, focus. Got it. And you've got to session some areas with some drops and jumps, right? Yeah. And you get distracted, you know, you yeah, yeah. go to the castle. There you go. So one of the things that I noticed that's grown up, I'm assuming since 2007 was you've got, you know, places like Buddy Pegs that have programming and, and even Strider bikes. How have they contributed to that? Is it, it help grow that and get the kids on bikes or is it because of the safety and like some of the adjacencies of like maybe a skill section or, or, uh, you know, mom and dad being able to watch or or vice versa there's a lot going on there you know scott fitzgerald came and visited you know several times like you and ended up moving here from idaho i believe i think you're right so he he had already you know built a program around buddy pegs and wanted to relocate it here and he's done a masterful job targeting those strider age kids you know to eight nine year olds he started a business here teaching that. But along the way, there's also an organization called Bike School Bentonville that Kyla Templeton, who used to be our executive director over NICA, or Arkansas NICA, she and Nat Ross, world champion Nat Ross, teamed up and has started this organization, Bike School Bentonville. And that is teaching, you know, those kids from uh, kind of that 910 on up to 123. And so they've got a program. I, my son is actually a coach on their for their program. They've got about 35 coaches from teenagers on to adults that are teaching these young kids how to ride, you know, mountain bike trails and jumps. And they've even got a uh, an elite racing team as part of that. Then there's also uh, Ernie Lechuga and his team are they have a program called Oz Devo, and that's an elite race team that will hit all the nationals. And then there's other things that are coming that I, I can't announce yet because it's early, but there's some big things happening yeah. in a big way that's going to bring some elite riders to this region to train. And then you have Women of Oz. Women of Oz is a an organization that focuses on lowering that intimidation factor for first-time female riders. And they have grown their organization to, I mean, they'll have an event with 200 women, a monthly group ride. It'll be 200 women will show up or more. And they just hosted a, a women's mountain bike summit that had 350 women come here from all around the region. But they do a great, they have 60 trained female skills instructors that on a monthly ride, it's a free gathering. And they'll just say, hey, beginners, gather here. We'll teach you some skills and then we'll do a group ride. The intermediate experts, they'll go out and ride with other group leaders and, and then have a social event after. And it's been a real successful formula to get some weekends you go out there and there'll be more females at slaughter pen riding than men. I mean, that's true fact. And that's because of women of Oz. Awesome. That's incredible. What does ride it daily extended service do for your customers? It protects and maintains their bikes. What does ride it daily extended service do for you? It pays you your shop rate for warranty and extended service claims. Why wouldn't you sign up for ride it daily extended service? It's only available to NBDA members, and you can find out more about rides at nbda.com. Was that part of Tom's original plan was to have all this programming, or is that a result of having access? Is it a result of just being a safe community? It's really when you build a quality trail system, all this stuff kind of you know, pops up and there's ideas and there's, it's really community, you know, community collaboration. I mean, it's, you know, the women of Oz came from a group of women who were passionate about getting other women involved. And then the, you know, the kids program, it really it started in the early years with a guy named Greg Poole, who started a kids program on Thursday nights where he'd have 50 kids and parents show up and teach them how to ride. And that was before NICA and the NICA came on line. 
with Alan Lay helped bring the Nike organization here. And then Kyla Templeton took over the leadership of it and built it out. And, you know, we're going to probably have a thousand kids racing Nike in our fall season of next year. So, you know, and that continues to expand. It's, you know, obviously Tom and Stuart's vision to build this world-class trail system is the kind of the base of all that, but it's the community the passion of our community that made it all work. You know, it would not work if if it was forced from a family foundation to build a trail and say, you're going to do this, this, and this. No, I mean, even our community early on, our park director, David Wright, you know, allowed us to do things that maybe other park directors would be a little bit queasy about building jumps and Mm -hmm. large features that are, uh, you know, intimidating to look at. But, and then our uh, head of tourism for Bentonville, Kayleen Griffith, you know, back when I was a volunteer, we would have our slaughter pen jam, which was our premier mountain bike race. She would give us money from her commission, tourism commission, to hold these events because she understood the value of the mountain bike trails and events for tourism and started seeing, you know, the need to promote what's going on in the in the media, in the magazines and bringing in influencers. She's the one that did that. And that, when you think about Oz Trails, Northwest Arkansas, you know, you always think about Bentonville. That's because that's, you know, this is the core area, but also because Kayleen really put out that publicity early, you know, in 2008 and nine, early on, you know, there was the Dirt Rag Magazine editors visit and and other magazines that she brought in. So really to say it, it's a really good example of, you know, communities being involved, uh, you know, community, city leaders, Uh, with the foundation and even the state, you know, we collaborated with the state of Arkansas on what we call the brand is the monument trails. You have Oz trails, which is Oz trails is the Northwest Arkansas region of trails. And that was thought of as a way to let's have the region, you know, you know, Bentonville, Fayetteville, Eureka Springs, all these communities that have trails, let's brand the region. That way we are stronger as a destination. Well, the state parks, that brand is, the Monument Trail brand. A Monument Trail is a world-class trail built for all skill levels in an Arkansas state park. And that has been a really successful venture as well. And that's, again, collaborating with, with the state from the governor on down to the state park director. And that work was funded through uh, the State Parks and Recreation Foundation. And that executive director, Suzanne Grobmeyer and her board have been great partners, you know, with the state building trails. You know, if you, when you work with a governmental organization, it can be kind of slow and and, and yeah. clunky and, and very, you know, tedious procedures when you bid. But since we funded through a foundation, a nonprofit, then they could pick the trail builder that would do the best work and then move quickly. And so, you know, we've got uh, four world-class trail systems in our state parks and many more to come one of my favorites overlooks the Arkansas river and it's got the best sunsets that Oz trails logo with the colors of the sunset. You can see those on Mount Nebo. Okay. It's amazing. So worth the trip down there next time you come. I'm going to look it up. I, I just wrote it down actually. You know, it started with Tom having this, you know, basically putting a shovel to dirt and you've almost, there's this path for you've got, you know, Strider, Buddy Pegs for Youth, you've got NICA, you can even go to Northwest Arkansas Community College and 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 have a, a bike education, become a mechanic. There's lots of bike companies are moving offices or headquarters there. It's all beautiful, actually. You've got kids, people of all ages, multi-generational. Another thing that was impressive about being there was the number of people older than you and I, maybe in their 60s and 70s on e-bikes. Not cruisers either. Full suspension, mountain bike, just ripping it around down there. Just amazing. So yeah, an entire community that's that's uh, really invested in that area. And it, and it all started with really a shovel on dirt. You, do, you mentioned e-bikes and we fully support e-bikes on, on all of our mountain bike trails that, that have been developed with the funding from Tom and Stewart. And the state parks even allow class one e-bikes on their trails and all our state park trails. And that's, that's by design. We consider that a way of inclusivity, you know, for everyone to enjoy our trail system. And and even for those, you know, serious riders that normally ride a, an analog or pedal bike, whatever you call it, 
if you come and want to ride more of our trails or if you're here for several days, some people would just rent an e-bike as a day off, you know, <laughs> keep riding. We fully support class one e-bikes. You know, we, we are in pedal assist 20 mile an hour max. We are going to hold that, you know, accountability for anything else above that, but definitely support e-bikes. You mentioned the bike school, the bike technician school at our community college in Bentonville, and that has been a great success. Had our first year full of students, 35 students, and you know a lot of demand for you know quality uh, educated bicycle technicians. 50% of them found jobs. The other 50 just stayed on and got their or getting their associate's degree. So very successful report there. And the big news. Because of that success of that program at our community college, we've been planning we, with all the talent we have here. And, and, and one of the data points is, you know, we, we, we have well over 100 trail builders at one time building trail. And in the past three years, we've averaged over two miles of new trail a week, you know, being built around the state. So we have a lot of talent and we have the opportunity to educate new trail developers. And if you look at the trail building industry, it's wild west. You know, there, there's not a whole lot of credentials when it comes to a trail builder bidding on a community project. We've fortunately get to focus on and know who are the, the good trail builders and focus on those individuals. But if you're a community and want to build a trail, it's really difficult to know who do I select. So what we've we're getting ready to launch a, a trail builders trade school in the community college that will also have in the future have a program that will lead into the University of Arkansas with the mission to actually train students how to master plan communities for trails. And, and it's, you know, going to be fantastic. And I've, over the years, I've got to know several of the uh, stakeholders in Europe and Scandinavia in the UK and the trail development leaders there. And they've been working on a similar path, trying to build a curriculum for trail building. So we, with this funding we just got, we're going to collaborate with them and we're going to build out a world-class program and with the plan to have, you know, students from around the world come to Arkansas to learn how to build trail. Yeah. So we're excited about that. There'll be more detail to come on that, but yeah, we're exciting. I want to go back to school. <laughs> yeah. Come on back. But there's just a lot to teach and learn. And, and selfishly, you know, if you have a university focused on trail building, well, we can really start thinking about unique ways to build trail that will drain better, that will have a longer lifespan. We have some of the heaviest rains you can have, you know, come, we have nine inches of rain in a day here, you know, come down. So we, we are definitely the place to learn all the innovations possible for trail building. And when you have a professional company trying to build trail, they don't have the time to focus on that. But if we have a university and a community college working together, with educators and students challenging them to build the, you know, the, the next best, you know, trail feature and technique. And I think we're really going to see some innovation over the next five to 10 years that the world can use. Yeah. Crazy. It's crazy to think about. And, you know, looking at the history at one point, it was driven by the community, you know, making more trails. And then at some point the switch turned on where it's all of a sudden, I need to go to Bentonville. You, it's it's all of a sudden a destination place where people are traveling to, and certainly the visit Bentonville, you know, organization are drawing people in with PR and stuff like that. When did that switch get flipped? Where it went from this is our community to we want to share this with everybody and people want to come and visit. That's a great question, and and really, you know, in 2015 when and they brought me on, and I could really, you know, help them focus on, you know, bringing in more trail builders and building more trail. By the end of 2016, we had, you know, the back 40 built in Bella Vista. We had Kohler started. We had more trails in Bentonville. There were, you know, Eureka Springs had had some really cool downhill trails being built. Uh, so 2016, we hosted the International Mountain Bikes World Summit. We had the Bike Magazine Bible of Bike Test and some magazine articles on Tom and Stewart and their vision came out. So really, I, I say the tipping point was the fall of 2016. That's when we, we used to be, before that, we were kind of the best kept secret in mountain biking. You know, people discovered us and said, holy, you know. And then about 2016 into 2017 is kind of when we were on more of a world stage, you know, okay. with, with a lot sure. more media in a bigger okay. way. Outside Magazine interviewed Thomas Stewart. 
The Wall Street Journal did an article in 2017, and 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 that's that's a tipping point. And then every year since then, things like just like we we did in October with the uh, Bicycle Industry Leadership Conference, we had 300 industry leaders, and a lot of them hadn't even been here yet, so they got to see what's going on. Surprising, yeah, that's awesome. How have local retailers been able to take advantage of the trails? Do they do they have to host rides? Do they do clinics? How do they take advantage of the fabulous trails in the area? What I try to talk about to the industry is before Slaughterpin Trail, we usually had one bike shop at a time struggling in Bentonville. You know, we had a couple of different attempts of bike shops and uh, they would kind of come and go. But as the trails grew, you know, Fat Tire opened up Fat Tire Bike Shop, which is the, you know, big chain. They've got 12 stores now in the, in the region. They opened up, Tim Robinson and Chris Brosh opened up their first little store on the square in Bentonville about a year and a half after Slaughter Pen was born. And then as the trails grew, so did their, their bike shop brand. But also other bike shops, Mojo and High Roller was a bike shop in, in Fayetteville. And they, they had a second location open in Bentonville. And the bike shops now, I mean, there's there's several now in Bentonville that are thriving because of the trails, because mm-hmm. of, you know, when you build quality trails, you grow ridership and then the bike shops can thrive. And, and of course, NICA, the NICA program, whenever you see a student join NICA, the family ends up buying bikes. So if there's a family of four and one of them starts riding NICA, then you sell four bikes. What we've seen here is if you build quality trail, you will sell bicycles. If you have a NICA program, you will sell bicycles. So that's why I, I really struggle with you know any of the major industry leaders that are not investing in trails and in children's you know mountain biking, NICA and other programs. I mean, I, I, you know the Strider program that, that Ryan McFarland has uh, with his foundation. You know, getting bikes little striders in, in kindergarten classes. By the year's end, we'll have over 80 grade school, kindergarten, first grade classes with strider programs because that is how you introduce kids on how to ride. I mean, it's it's surprising if you go into a, a grade school in fifth grade and put in a BMX or a mountain bike program, how many kids don't know how to ride nowadays? It's frightening. You know, back when you and I were growing up, I mean, that's how you got around. That's how you met your friends yeah. on a bike. With our little fancy devices now, you don't need to do that. So we really look at getting kids introduced into balancing and pedaling for you know kindergarten and first grade as vital to keep our investment in trails thriving. Because 20 years from now, if kids aren't learning how to ride in kindergarten, they're not going to be riding our trails. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's the there are future cyclists. And I think the the generation is probably my generation and then a generation after. We'll say the video games, you know, didn't have bikes, and those parents are now having kids that want to ride bikes, and the parents don't always know how to guide them through that process because they maybe didn't ride bikes as as kids. That's right. So projects like this, obviously, they need backing with funding. Every trail has a cost to it, whether it's time and money or both. What's a good resource for getting started on a project like this? Are, are you guys working on a, a roadmap that you can hand out or are you available to, to talk to? If I'm in you know, the middle of, of South Dakota and I want to build trails, what are some resources? Well, you know, that's a great question. And, and that, that's a question that for years we would get phone calls. Kayleen at you know, Tourism and David Wright at the city, myself, all these communities they would hear about Bentonville or come visit and they wanted to learn more. So we actually collaborated with the International Mountain Bike Association and, and started a, a program called Trail Lab. And that's a uh, little mini conference over a couple of days where we'll host, you know, mayors, park directors and a volunteer group leader from a community. And they'll come here and, you know, view, ride our trails, tour our trails, and then sit through some classroom uh, study groups where Imbo will talk about this is how you start with a master plan in your community. There's even a park director will speak to the class and talk about the, what the benefits of having trails he's seen through the years. And of course, Kayleen and I will talk about our perspective of, of the value of the return on investment on trails, which we've got it documented with the economic impact study that you can get on the Welcome Family Foundation website. It's a uh, People for Bikes did an impact cycling and trails impact study 
2017, and it showed the value of building trails in your community. So what we like to say at that trail lab is, yeah, you know, Thomas Stewart came here with a big vision and, and helped with matching grants to communities to help accelerate the growth of trails. But you don't have to have 182 miles of trail connected to your downtown square to be successful. I mean, a 10-mile trail system that you can start out with five miles is definitely achievable. And you can do it with a mix of volunteers with a professional overseeing it and really have you know do it for value. But I think the first step is getting a professional help you come up with a plan, you know, be it the International Mountain Bike Association. And, and Tom and Stewart have actually done, you know, some collaboration with the industry and through IMBA have done some grant programs. And one of them is the Trail Accelerator Grant through IMBA, where if you come to a trail lab, you can apply for that grant and which will help you as a community leader uh, come up with money to be able to do that master plan. But a master plan is the first step to get the community excited about the potential. And then you can go through the community leaders uh, and raise money. We've had small towns around Arkansas get federal grants to build their own trails or, you know, vote in a bond or do a sales tax. I mean, that's all worked. And and we've seen a lot of success with in-town trail systems that the that Thomas Stewart Walton didn't have to invest a dime in. They just, you know... Look at Bentonville and Bella Vista as that pilot, that uh, proof of concept, and let's do it ourselves. But there is a definite return on investment. And do you need that $5 million baseball, you know, complex and tennis complex to, or would you be better off spending, you know, a few hundred thousand on some trails? There's a, you know, a lot to think about when it comes to that. And what we're being told from, you know, the experts, the consultants out in the world, that are master planning uh, parks for communities, trails are have risen to the number one request from the communities around the nation. So uh, I don't think there's any better bang for the buck than, than mountain bike hiking trails for a typical community. And you mentioned an economical impact. I'm imagining there's a physical and mental health impact to the community. There as is. Well. There is. That part of that study you can read you know, based on data from insurance companies on the value of getting communities healthier, there was a big, big uh, number that came out of the health and wellness uh, based on the numbers of people that have become active on our trails, running and cycling. Mental health is huge. Just getting out and, you know, breathing in air and relieving stress by getting on a trail. And, you know, obviously the physical health of, you know, just getting that those stress hormones out of your blood and and building building that cardiovascular system up. I mean, we're all I get cranky if I'm not, I'm not outside riding in a week, you know? Definitely. I have been told some weeks I need to ride a little bit more. So I, right. I get I get that. I get that. Where does someone find out information about Trail Lab? You can go to the International Mountain Bike Association's okay. uh, website or just Google Bentonville Trail Lab or IMBA IMBA Trail Lab. It'll pull it up. Okay. And you can you can sign up. Love to have you if yeah. you're interested. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure you can just Google the economic impact study for people for bikes as well and yep. find that uh, for yep. our listeners that are, are curious for learning more about that. Mm-hmm. On that report, you'll see that homes that are along trail systems, both paved and soft surface, there's an increase in value for those homes. There is, you know, definitely a uh, recruiting and retention uh, return on investment. I mean, you know, Bentonville, Arkansas, it was looked, it has a corporate office of Walmart and it was not on somebody's radar to want to live in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, the, the reputation of, of Arkansas is, you know, barefoot and a backwards, you know, community, but trail systems have really helped our, uh, our reputation and, and really the community pride, the regional pride with the Oz brand has been huge. So, and that's that's all back to trails and, and the quality of trail experience we have. I was going to make one point, Chad. You know, we're talking about kids and trying to get kids active, get them away from screens. You know, if you notice a lot of our trails in Bentonville are flow trails, progressive, you know, with small jumps that lead up to bigger jumps, depending on what, you know, skill level you are. Well, that's that's kind of how we consider that's the outdoor real life video game. That's how we, you know, my son, I kind of used him as my case study. 
he didn't want to go out at nine years old. He didn't want to go out and punch out a bunch of miles and just ride single track in the woods. But he would climb up a hill at Kohler to come down Fireline, which is a beginner jump trail. And he got himself into shape just because of returning to have that fun experience of flowing downhill and jumping. So uh, that's why we try to make all these trails around Bentonville just fun with all different skill levels. You know, machine built flow trail, a lot of it. Uh, so we've got plenty of that. So now we're over the next uh, few years, we're really focused on hand cut. We got enough machine cut. Now we're focused on hand cut, narrow, classic single track for those cross country technical riders. They're going to be thrilled to see what we're going to come up with over the next few years. Exciting. Yeah. You mentioned the trail system being the game. I mean, it's, it's just much more exciting than staring at a screen. It's exploration, it's curiosity, it's adventure, it's, yeah, it's amazing. I'm getting ready to go back again, February. Oh, good. Well, holler at me when you come. Yeah, 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 definitely will. But Walmart's done a, a great job in the community designing, you know, ways, you know, with the paved trails and all the other trails in the area. And, and even I believe the new campus is going to have a, a bike trail that goes through it as well. A little bit of bicycle-friendly ecostructure. They actually are trying to get 10% of its workforce to commute by bike. How How can other companies follow suit? I mean, is it just a matter of asking employees? Is it Bentonville certainly has the infrastructure, the magic sauce of making that happen? Well, it's it's um, really boils down to educating your employees, your associates on how to commute to safely to, to work. You know, and this is a multi-year plan. You know, like you said, the Walmart campus is going to have a mountain bike trail on campus where you can ride on lunch or after work. But we're also really working with the city of Bentonville trying to connect these paved and you know, protected bike lanes to the campus because it's just like formula for getting more people to ride mountain bikes on our trails. Access and, and lowering that intimidation factor is key. There's no, uh, you know, you can't snap your fingers and make it happen. It's going to take years. And there's actually a Walmart's hired a, a bike pedestrian director. Courtney Barrett, and she is phenomenal. She was part of our Women of Oz board and, and has been a pillar in this community. But now she's leading that effort at Walmart corporate office, and she's going to do wonders over there. But it, her mission is to educate those 18,000 Walmart associates on how to safely ride the work. If it's inclement weather, what do you do? How do you do it? And, and she's also working with the uh, design group that's designing a new campus on safe places to park your bikes, you know, where they can be protected from the weather and, and locked up. But it, really the way I look at it is we have the people for bikes organization helping us with all this as well. There's even a staff here in Bentonville that's helping on this program, but there's no like one thing. It's going to be a combination of many factors to try to get 1700 people riding weekly on their bikes to Walmart. But it's, I think it's just like we talked about with mountain biking. If you see your neighbors leaving the house every morning on a bike, heck, I'm going to try that. Um, but we hope that more than 10% end up doing it, you know, especially when the weather's great. You know, maybe maybe skip that weekly drive with the car and, and replace it with a bike or an e-bike. I mean, you know, e-bikes have really made it easier for the masses to be able to commute farther distances by bike and not have to take a shower. You know, that's one of the things is, you know, the burden of time, if you have to go to work and take a shower after you ride in or ride across town to a meeting during a hot summer heat, you don't want to have to be that person that's showing up a little bit with odor on them. But, but the e-bikes really helping that. I think you're going to see some, some more innovation on that front. I really believe as we build out this network of protected bike lanes and more paved trail connections where the, you know, the less uh, experienced biker would feel safer. I think that's going to really skyrocket our numbers and not just Walmart. I think we're going to see the support Walmart riding bikes. And, and then that'll just, you know, be a snowball effect for more schools and, and more people around the, the, the network. And Fayetteville, Arkansas, the university town down the road that, They've got the the majority of of our pay trail. They've got many miles down there that connect their downtown area and their university and businesses. Matt Mihalovich is our bike ped director down in the city of Fayetteville, and he has led that community to do a lot of great work. And we're trying to learn from him to do more in the region 
they're really the model for us to follow and create more safe places. He's got a, a goal of having every household within a quarter of a mile of a of a bike lane or a bike trail. He's on his way to make that happen. So a lot of people I'm guessing are thinking, oh, you know, Gary's in Bentonville. They've got the, the Waltons. You know, it's pretty easy to do. If you had a blank slate and you had to show up in Toledo, Ohio to make Toledo the destination, where would you start? Well, you know, back to that master plan, you know, you got to have that big idea and, and document it, make a visual. And, you know, it was it was not always easy. You know, like the first, you know, few ideas for Bentonville, I mean, you know, Tom had to convince the city council to approve it. I mean, that you know, think about before these community trails were the hottest thing going, you know, mountain biking was a obscure sport that, you know, very adventurous individuals did, and it was dangerous, you know, so to, to add that to your park inventory was like, eh, I don't think we want to do that because we'll be sued. You know, I would point to Bentonville as the, you know, the, the model town and say, and show the successes. So, I mean, I think, I think hopefully we could look back and say, well, you know, in Bentonville, uh, you can, you can name several other towns that are doing it right. Use those other communities that are doing it right as examples of what works and, and then go to the town and, and show using the, you know, the potential connectors, connect your parks, connect your downtown, connect your schools and show what could happen with, you know, a minimal investment. Again, talking about, and I'm not going to pick on baseball, you know, but I will, $5 million to build this complex for baseball in town. Man, $5 million bucks could build every trail you'd want to build in a typical community and more people would be able to benefit from it. I really yeah. think, I mean, you can do a lot with a few hundred thousand to, to kick off, you know, your first phase. You know, I always say, talk about phasing. You know, if you looked at at five miles of trail in, in Bentonville, that was really, you know, inexpensive compared to what's going on in, in a lot of towns now outside of Arkansas. But that five miles was that proof of concept that led to what's here now. So I would say to any mayor or park director, come up with a master plan and start that five mile trail system, get a professional to come and help you. Maybe if you have a passionate group of volunteers that could work with a professional and I've seen it work where, you know, we, we have a professional come in and play our corridor and rough in a trail. And then the volunteers come with hand tools and rake and pack it in. And you, and you quickly can have a trail for a little investment and give it a try in a city park, but we welcome anybody who's interested to come to one of our trial labs or even, you know, to just come to Bentonville and reach out to me. I've done some tours on with groups outside of the trail lab program, but we welcome it. And I challenge your, your industry to think about in their hometown where they're based out of. Do you have a mountain bike trail in your corporate town? And if not, why not? If not fund it all, you know, do some seed money and lead the project. Awesome. Yeah. What's down the line for Bentonville and the Walton family? More trails, probably? A few? No, we're done. I think we're going to close the door on trail <laughs> building. A lot of exciting things, you know, like like I alluded to, you know, the formula of building accessible trails to neighborhoods, that formula of making it accessible where you don't have to pack up the car and drive hours to do something, well... Because of the terrain around Northwest Arkansas, we have bluffs that tend themselves to be really good for climbing. We have uh, a gentleman named Dennis Nelms that, that is helping us lead that work. And it's, you know, we've got Oz Trails. Why not have Climb Oz, where we have rock climbing all up and down the region? Be Bella Vista's got, got some interesting formations of rock that can be used to climb and boulder. Springdale, Arkansas has some beautiful bluffs. Down by Fayetteville, we have uh, Lake Lincoln that has already has some climbing going on there. We're going to try to build that out. But just, you know, we've got some indoor climbing areas here, but we're going to maybe see see that end up being more bouldering indoor spaces, you know, to teach and then have those outdoor classrooms and try to, try to teach the uh, art of climbing because some people not, may not realize this, but Arkansas has some world-class climbing down at the Buffalo River. Buffalo River's, you know, our 
It was the first national river in the U.S. National Park Service has that river. And there's formations all up and down that corridor that are fantastic climbing. And one of the most infamous, if not famous, climbing events of in the U.S. is the 24 Hours of Horseshoe Hell. And that's in, down by the Buffalo River. And that's a 24-hour climbing event that's kind of like Burning Man for climbers. But it is a big party, and Alex Honnold and all the legends of climbing come to that. It's a five-day festival that ends with that 24-hour climbing contest. And it's it's a really unique formation of bluffs that you know basically form a horseshoe, and there's untold amounts of climbing crags there. And so the com- competitors, the teams, will try to climb as many of those climbing routes as they can in 24 hours. So I thought climbing mountain bikers is, were crazy. Yeah, well... <laughs> They they are. You know, you have climbing. We have some of the some really good paddling. We're going to do more of that. You're going to see that. We've got a whitewater park that'll open up next year in Salem Springs, which is just an hour southwest of us. And, you know, that is a, a world-class whitewater park. That's going to, you'll hear more about that over the next year. There's, you know, obviously running, trail running is a big thing here. And you'll see more of that. But, and then you'll see more world-class events coming out of uh, the, the region. There's no better way to promote the work that's being done than have competitions on it. You know, there's already f- uh, fly Oz, which was a recreational, fl- you know, aviation that Tom and Stuart support in a big way. There's over 60 grass landing strips spread out around the state that if you're, if you're a recreational pilot, you want to kind of enhance your skills. There's different rated places to land. You know, you, you've got your easy, long, smooth grass strips and you have your short ones that end up on a bluff. If you don't make it, you fall off a bluff or you have to dive over rows of trees to land. So, I mean, there, you know, that's a whole sport on its own. You'll see more of that and you'll be able to, if you're a pilot, you'll be able to throw some bikes in your plane and land and jump out and ride. That's coming in a big way. You've got a long list, it sounds like. Of things you know, along with yeah, coming on down the line. So for our listeners that might have additional questions or want to learn more, what's what's the best way for them to do that? Well, they just need to come to Bentonville and, and hang out on the square and they'll talk to the locals, they'll tell you. But you know, the Oz Trails website's a good landing spot. Several Facebook sites, you know, the Friends of Arkansas Single Track is the volunteer group out of the Bentonville area, and, and you can get a lot of information there. The Trailblazers is our nonprofit that does a lot of our project management. Aaron Rushing and his team you can go to their website. They do a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to overseeing the professionals are out there building trails for us and helping with ideas for new trails and, and also uh, overseeing the design and construction of paved trails, Trailblazers. But, you know, there's in the Women of Oz, you know, their Instagram, Facebook and, and websites, there's a lot of good resources out there you can find out information from so first step come visit come visit resources online awesome lots of of great takeaways that i wrote down first one was think big and i think that's a big one whether you're a retailer or you're just in the bike industry doing ambassador events but just think big grow grow your vision with your success don't be happy with that five miles when the five miles is done it's 10 or 15 or 20. I love the idea of your driveway as your trailhead. As a mountain biker, yes, always. Get kids on bikes, build trail. And I love the challenge to people in our industry to build more trails. I think that's a, a great challenge to have. Anything else you want to add, Gary? You know, I think we, we touched on a lot, but we are really focused on on having everybody welcome when they come to ride our trail system. You know, that this focus on inclusion is a big focus of ours. And we're really proud of the work that several organizations, you know, the Trailblazers group have a group that work on uh, on diversity inclusion programs. We have several other nonprofits that are that are working, you know, Bike POC and, and several other groups. And we uh, support and welcome events of all types that, you know, bring in people of all backgrounds and, and uh, we just want to make sure that people understand that we want you here. You, everybody's welcome. Come see us, have fun. We get a lot of compliments on how 
nice and welcoming our community is. And, and, I, and I feel very good about that. So come and see us. Just come visit. Highly recommended. I will go back again. Gary, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your passion and your willingness to share your knowledge with us in the bike industry. Thank you for listening to Bicycle Retail Radio. This podcast is designed specifically for the bicycle industry, dedicated to strengthening our retailers and cycling community. If it's your first episode, we urge you to take the time and listen to our past episodes. Support the show first by subscribing, then share your favorite episodes with friends and family online. You can go one step further and leave a review. It helps members of our industry find our podcast. Special thanks to NBDA Development Director Rochelle Schouten for the editing and promotional graphics. We appreciate your support. Thank you for listening and see you back here soon. This has been Bicycle Retail Radio by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. For more information on membership and member benefits, join us at nbda.com. Thank you.